And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I'm at him at the launch, you man. Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Guys! 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 Fellas, think we could listen to the radio or something? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the quintessential Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Bob Bailey stars as America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator, yours truly, Johnny Dollar, from 1956. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cohen will play short clips from popular songs, and a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Paul and I will try to name that tune. Right, Lisa? Right, Carl. We have Paul on the phone right now from Woodstock. Hi, Paul. Hey, Paul. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Carl. It's ah. great to hear from you. How are you? How are you, Paul? Um, okay. I'm um, actually searching employment at this point. So, Oh. Is that really? a good thing or a bad thing for you? Um, hopefully it's a good thing. Yeah, sometimes things happen for a reason. It's just you get something better than you had and you say, wow, I'm really glad, hey, glad that happened. Let me tell you this, Paul. I've been fired from about 25 radio stations in my career and um you know so it's always it's just it's moving on up that moving right on now up. we're on now we're on almost 200 radio stations so you know what to all those program directors that fired me over those years see ya <laughs> let's just leave it at that yeah um, i've had my share as well paul so i think it makes you who you are that's right <laughs> and paul i'm seeking new employment too <laughs> And the most important dial to use is the one under your arms. That's right. There you That's go. right. There you go. Well, we're going to talk a little Prince. He was born on June 7th, 1958, and um, he passed away in uh, April of 2016 at the age of 57. Uh, so young. So he was very, very young. Yeah. Um, so these are all songs that were written by Prince and or Prince and the Revolutions. Mm-hmm. Prince and the Revolution. All right, let's okay, do this. Okay, here's the first song. Wait, wait. As soon as you know the title of the song, of the song shout, shout it. it out. All right. You ready? Here we mm-hmm. go. Red Corvette? No, that's uh, Raspberry nope. Beret. Yes. Raspberry Beret. Raspberry Beret is right. Written by Prince from Prince and the Revolution's 1985 album, Around the World in a Day. Wow. Now, the revolution was assembled in 79 by Prince, uh, but it broke up in 1986. Mm. Well, for okay. getting Raspberry Beret, hats off to you, Carl. Why, thank you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> A Raspberry Beret The kind you find in a second-hand store All right, I'm up one. All right. Here it's is, early, though. It is Believe very me, early. It's very early. Here's the next uh, Prince song. Don't need to 
Um, this was a number one hit Drake's in 1986. I'm trying to think what the name of it is. Kiss? Yes. Oh, Kiss yeah, is exactly that's right. That's right. right. This was composed, written, and produced by Prince. From his Revolutions album Parade. He's so great, isn't he? He was. Man. Yo. Kiss. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of songs named Kiss. Yeah. I I should order his greatest kiss, and then I can know that someday my prince will come. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Tied up. Here we go. Next song. Red Corvette. There you go. Little Red Corvette. I go. will take that. That's exactly right. 1983 album, 1999. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Little Red Corvette. This uh, peaked at number six on the show. I love this song. Pretty when it came out. with that car. This was one of my favorites. What'd you say, Paul? I said you were pretty with that car. All right. Great stuff. Okay. All right. That's, uh, the score right now, which will change uh, pretty rapidly, is two to one. Here is we go. Carl two, Paul one. <laughs> you just had to let us know that you were winning. I hear you. <laughs> Here's the next one. It's song. not too I often. It's bad for you not winning, you know. You were talking about <laughs> you often get beaten. I know. I get, I get, I get beat a lot. He gets very cranky. Yeah. I like to run around the studio being like, I won, I won, I won, I Which won. Which is exactly why I don't like when he yeah. wins. I run around literally with he, my, without he my shoes excited. on. excited. Because I can't, my dog. He takes off all his clothes my, my and dog, runs around not, naked. Not my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like to take my, my shoes off because my dogs, my dogs bark, you know. What? I just I just couldn't put my finger on that last one. Otherwise, I'd have to have fingerprints. <laughs> fingerprints. Get it? Ah. I right. do get it. Here we go. Here we go. I didn't hear what you said. Let's go crazy. No. This is from his album Purple Rain. Yes. All right. That's it. From the album Purple Doves Rain, Cry. When Doves Cry. Yeah. This was his first Billboard number one single and top selling single of 1984. Wow, 84. That yeah. was early on in his career. Yeah. When Doves Cry. Well, these are all basically from the 80s. Honestly, I could like listen to Prince songs like all all evening. I mean, he's so great. Well, that or classic radio. You well, take your pick. I mean, classic radio. <laughs> I'll take or over. today, we'll do a little of both. No, I mean, classic radio always wins in my book, but he's great. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you know, I, I try to move up a level. I, I like Carol King and Queen. See, he moves oh, up a level I hear from you. Prince. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. All right. Next song. <laughs> Took me a second on that one. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Am I right? Nineteen ninety nine. From his nineteen eighty two album called nineteen ninety nine. Peak at number four. Wow. Okay, I really need you to get this next one, Paul, okay? I will try. Okay. 
Counting on you. 1999. Remember when uh, when it was 1999 yes. and everybody was like, oh no, the world's coming to yeah, an end? It's going to come to it's, an end. Like, remember that? <laughs> yeah, the do. millennium and all that craziness? Yeah. And we used to write checks, but now we had to be like with the 2000 at the end. I remember. Wow. I don't write, do you write checks still? I don't write checks anymore. I write anymore. checks for everything. I what? write checks. I write checks for everything. I don't write checks anymore. Yep. I mean, they bounce most checks. of the time. But I do write them. <laughs> I've gotten a few that bounce from you, <laughs> to be honest. So here, Lisa, here's a check. You know, don't cash here, it for about a week. Don't, don't cash, cash it right it for away. About a week, okay? <laughs> Give me like seven or eight days. Like and all then, eight dollars, and I have and to wait I, a then week. Then I call her like the seventh day, and I'll be like. Remember I said you could cash that? Well, don't cash it Just give it, it a little give bit it more Give it a time. few more days. <laughs> you know, Carl and I both write checks. That's our signature move. Ah, uh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> all right. Here's the so last one. It's three, it's three to two. Yeah, Paul, I need you to get this. All right. Okay? Okay. I will try. Purple rain. Yes! Let's go it's crazy. It's rain. It's rain. No, it's right. It's purple rain. Way to go, Bob. That is exactly right. Oh, man, we kissed our sister. We tied. Released in 1984. Mm. The soundtrack to the 1984 film, Purple Rain. Yeah. Wow. This is the greatest of them all. No, no, no. Raspberry Beret is the best one. No. Raspberry Beret. No. Greatest song ever. This is way better than that song. You kidding? Listen to this. Purple Rain. Purple rain. I'm trying to get a Reddit or radio uh, record deal. Trying <laughs> you to have get to a be record. able to speak, though, in order to do that. Paul, I'm trying to get a record deal out of this. This is a great song. I'm sure. What do you think, Paul? Which is better, Raspberry Beret or Purple Raspberry Rain? Raspberry Beret. I'm asking Paul. Oh. Um. I'll have to go with Carl. Raspberry yeah. Beret. Really? That a boy. That a boy. That one's just too beboppy. This no, has no. more depth. Raspberry Beret is a great more song. More drama. And the video is great too. I'm not talking Super about the video. video. Just the song. Really the colors. You got the little red Corvette. You got the purple rain. True. Yeah. He's into color, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Paul did not beat the host. Yeah, but the or, host did not beat Paul. But we tied, and and I'm going to send you some. Really great CDs, Paul. I'm going to send you some uh, either Twilight Zone or Classic Radio, whatever. I know you have a lot of Twilight Zones. But uh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate yeah, you very much. Yeah, good luck, Paul. I hope everything yeah. works out for you. I think that it will. It will. He's a You're very, very talent, talented very yeah. talented writer. I've read a lot of your articles. Yes, we great have. Great job. Um, all right, Paul. Thanks, buddy. When we come back, it is yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, it's time for one of the longest running and probably the best detective series on radio. I mean, he was an insurance investigator. We're talking about yours truly, Johnny Dollar. It premiered in 1949 and ran, are you ready for this? 14 seasons. That is a long time to be on the radio. And this show followed the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. He worked for the Universal Adjustment Bureau in Hartford, Connecticut, and he was a world traveler. He would recover valuables for a cut of the goods, and each story recounted uh, was in flashback. He would say, um, I'm listing my expense account, uh, item one, cab fare, $3 to the airport, Onwards and, uh, you know, throughout the whole show. Dick Powell actually starred in the audition episode, just one episode. And we uh, we will play that if we haven't already on Radio Rarities, uh, a Dick Powell audition for Johnny Dollar. Then radio's first Johnny Dollar on, uh, on the air was Charles Russell, then Edmund O'Brien, John Lund. Then came Bob Bailey. We're going to hear a broadcast with Bob Bailey in a moment. He was kind of the most most synonymous actor with the role of Johnny Dollar. Then after Bob Bailey was Mandel Kramer, Robert Reddick, and others. Supporting casts read like a who's who, William Conrad, Virginia Gregg, Harry Bartell, Parley Bear, John Daner, and others. It was last heard in 1962. This series never made a transition to television, although a 1962 pilot, Starring William Bryant was written, produced, and directed by the great Blake Edwards, but it never came to television. But we have a radio broadcast for you now, November 11, 1956. It's called The Big Scoop Matter, and it stars uh, Bob Bailey. Here's part one of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Joe McNabb, Northeast Indemnity, Johnny. Oh, hi, Joe. What's up? At the moment, my blood pressure. Too much work? No. Prospect of having to pay off on a $100,000 life insurance policy. Uh Uh-oh. Fella, I think you know, Johnny. Art Wesley. Oh, sure. Been a pal of mine for years. Reporter. Yeah. Apparently, he's working on a story right now that somebody doesn't want him to report. What do you mean? Night before last, he got beat up in an alley. Yesterday, a car made a pass at him at high speed. What about today? It's early yet, Johnny. Oh, yeah, sure. But let's hope it's not too late. Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Home Office, Northeast Indemnity Affiliates, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the big scoop matter. Expense account item one, $18.40. Transportation and incidentals to New York City. I called Art Wesley's paper. He wasn't in and nobody seemed to know where he was. Then I remembered a small bar called Tony's over on 3rd Avenue. I took a cab. That's item two, a dollar and a quarter, and found him in a corner booth. Sorry, Johnny, no bodyguard. 
The informants I'm working with will take off fast if they spotted one. No informants, no story. That insurance policy your paper took out on you, who's the beneficiary? A dear departed wife, Joan. Departed? I thought... We split up a couple of months ago. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I... Yeah, we were living in two different worlds. I wanted a home and family. She wanted a trip to the moon every night. Where is she now? Who knows? On her way to the moon, I guess. Hey, look, this story you're working on, aren't you? It's hot, Johnny. And big, real big. A national gambling syndicate. And run by a guy right here in New York. Who? I'm getting close, but I'm not sure yet. When I am, then out come my articles. What's this guy going to do when you push him into a corner? Look, I'm worried about you. You look, Johnny, I'm not as foolish as you think. I've got his name written down and put in a safe deposit box with what evidence I got. That's my real insurance. Oh, all right, look, we've been friends a long time. I'm not going to let you do this alone. Sorry, Johnny. I've got to go it alone. Since I'd gotten nowhere with Art, I decided to try his wife, Joan, even though they were separated. I found her in an apartment on East 68, but she was hardly what you'd call cooperative. Look, Mr. Dollar, so you're a friend of Art's. At the moment, I'm not. Mrs. Wesley, your marriage with Art is none of my business. But that insurance policy his paper took out on him is. And incidentally, you're still the beneficiary. So? So he could be in danger, those articles he's writing... Why doesn't he drop it? Oh, look, you know Art better than that. Then what am I supposed to do about it? That story is his business. How I feel about things is my business. And come to think of it, I can't see that either of those things is your business. Item 3, a dollar eighty cab fare to police headquarters in the office of my old friend, Detective Lieutenant Rostelli. Sure, sure, I know about those attempts on Art's life. So I talked to him and got nowhere. He told me the stories about a national gambling syndicate. It's more than he told me. Supposedly the big boss is here in New York. Now, what are you going to do about it? Look, the minute Art quits thinking he's got to hit the jackpot all by himself and lets us in on it, we'll give him all the protection he... Lieutenant Rostelli. Yeah, yeah, just a minute. It's for you, Johnny. Oh, thanks. Hello? Art Wesley, Johnny. They told me at your hotel where to reach you. Anything new, Art? I'm leaving town for a few hours. This could be it, Johnny. Tonight could be the jackpot. Well, listen, let me go with you. Sorry, I gotta go alone. It's part of the deal. Art, it could be a trap. I can take care of myself. Call you when I get back. Wish me luck. Well, look, wait. Art! Art! Item four, a dollar eighty cab to Art's apartment, where I persuaded the manager to let me in. I was looking for anything that would give me a lead. Then, near the phone on a scratch pad, I found where he'd written the word Watika several times. Sure, Lake Watika, upstate. Art had a lodge there. Item five, $25 even for a rented car. It was a three-hour drive to Lake Watika, which was bad enough. But to top it off, it started to rain, and rain hard. When I finally got to the highway turnoff, the side road to the lake was a mass of mud. Then I got two quick breaks. It stopped raining, and I spotted the six-mile road into Art's place. Half an hour further on, I saw a light. Art's car was parked at one side, and the front door of the lodge was wide open. When I got to it, I saw why. Art was lying in the doorway. Yeah. He was the one who wanted to hit the jackpot. But you can't hit the jackpot with a slug. Particularly when that slug is right between your eyes. 
I drove to the sheriff's office and reported it. Sheriff Tompkins and his boys took over. But in the darkness and the mud, they could only make a routine check. He asked me to meet him at the lodge the next morning, so I did. Uh, uh, Buddy was right here in the doorway, huh, son? Yeah, Sheriff, I didn't move it. And uh, Wesley probably got shot when he answered the door by somebody standing out there on the ground. Because of that bullet hole in the roof? Yeah, right over that shelf that's stocked with canned goods, sugar, salt, and the like. Apparently, he used this place regular. Yeah, he used to do some of his writing here. Were you able to determine time of death? Coroner says between 10.30 and 11 last night. Uh, what time did you arrive? About half an hour after the rain stopped. I'd say quarter to 12. Means it was uh, still raining a good half hour after the killing. Eh, no wonder we found no tracks. Hey, look, Sheriff. I was working on a hot story about a national gambling syndicate. Could be that he found out who the boss was last night, the hard way. Oh? Then uh, you think the killer was from out of town? Maybe New York? Yeah. Yeah. Now, where would he stay? Is there a hotel around here? Lake Watika Inn, just outside the village, about six miles from here. Sheriff, I'll check it out. All right, that is the first portion of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, with the big scoop matter, November 11, 1956. And this was actually the first show, the first half-hour show, after the five-day-a-week series ended uh, November 2, 1956. So the uh, Johnny Dollar series was a half-hour a week for most of its uh, time on the air, most of its 14 seasons. But then for like a season and a half, Bob Bailey starred in a five-part series per week. So quarter-hour episode, Monday through Friday. Those were awesome, and we have a lot of those. I think we have the whole run. And then after that went back to a 30-minute show, this is the very first 30-minute show with Bob Bailey. This is The Big Scoop Matter, November 11, 1956. Also in the cast, Virginia Gregg. Les Tremaine, Russell Thorson, Barney Phillips, Stacey Harris, and Larry Thor, along with Harley Bear. As I said, these were, you know, the Radio Row that did these, you know, in in Los Angeles. All the great actors from the golden age of radio, part of these casts. So we'll get back to yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. 
Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. It has been nonstop calls all night. We really and truly appreciate people calling and ordering the 60 half-hour classic radio shows for only $60. A dollar a show. That's our cost to manufacture these 30 CDs. There are two half-hour episodes on each CD. And they come in uh, cases along with historical liner notes. Um, I um, I order uh, extra every single month for the Classic Radio Club uh, members, these CD sets. And I've had about five years worth of about 25 extra per month. So we have several thousand CDs in the warehouse. And we, uh, for the last couple of weeks, have been saying, hey, folks, out there in Radioland, if you'd like to order these uh, 60 shows for only $60 plus $10 shipping and handling, that's our cost to manufacture. You can give us a call, and people have been responding. We really thank you for that. 815-900-7535. While supplies last, I think the way things are going, we will probably run out of CDs um, this coming week because I know we still get orders all through the week. 815-900-7535. If we don't answer, if Lisa or I don't answer, we will call you back. If it's not tonight, we'll call you back tomorrow over the weekend. 815-900-7535. Get them while they last. Never a better time to order 60 half-hour classic radio shows, all digitally remastered, all sounding uh, amazing. For only $60 plus $10 shipping and handling, you will get liner notes, with um, very copious liner notes that uh, for every episode, all 60 episodes. 815-900-7535. We're listening to yours truly, Johnny Dollar, with The Big Scoop Matter, starring Bob Bailey from November 11, 1956. Here's the conclusion. Guests here at the inn, Mr. Dollar. Well, we have only two who checked in yesterday. It's the off-season, of course. Yeah, clerk, who are they? Well, uh, Mr. Cooper yesterday afternoon and uh, Mr. Buckley around dark. Uh Uh-huh. Are they still here? Mr. Cooper is sitting right out there on the terrace, but uh, Mr. Buckley paid in advance and left quite early this morning. I see. Did Buckley give any reason for stopping here? He said he was a traveling man and didn't like to drive in the rain. (laughs) Okay, okay. I'd like you to write down a description of him. I'll pick it up on the way out. Oh, I'll be glad to, sir. Hi. Oh, good morning. Enjoying the scenery? Yes, immensely. Oh, sit down, won't you? Sure, thanks. My name's Dollar. Mine's Cooper. You just check in? I'll just drop by. I came yesterday. Uh Uh-huh. Pretty up here this time of year. Yes. Yes, certainly is. I I really enjoy places like this in the off-season. It's a nice change. Too bad the weather hasn't been better, huh? The rainstorm last night? (laughs) Oh, I enjoyed that, too. You were out in it? Oh, no. (laughs) No. No, I enjoyed it the way a storm should be enjoyed. In front of the fireplace in my cottage with a drink and a good book. No, Mr. Dollar, I stayed in last night. And that was that. I picked up the description of the other guest, Buckley, from the clerk and gave it to Sheriff Tompkins, who got out a bullet mound. Then I drove back to New York City, turned in my rented car, and took a cab. That's item six, $1.70, to Joan Wesley's apartment. Yes, 
They notified me this morning about Art's death. I don't know what to say. What is there to say? <laughs> Good question, Mrs. Wesley. If only he hadn't been so stubborn. If only he'd given up that story about the gambling syndicate or whatever it was. Yeah. You, uh, you figure somebody in the syndicate killed him? Why, of course. Mrs. Wesley, did you know Art had gone on up to the lodge at Lake Watika? No. Mr. Dollar, I'm rather tired. One more I thing. Don't... Did you go out last night? No. It was raining. I stayed here in the apartment. All evening? All evening. I see. Well, thanks, Mrs. Wesley. Maybe I was imagining, but it seemed to me Joan Wesley hesitated just a little before telling me she hadn't been out of her apartment last night. And if she had gone to Lake Watika, I checked the basement garage. Her car was clean. Too clean. Item seven, five dollars to the garage attendant for some very interesting information. Joan Wesley had ordered her car washed first thing this morning. Why? Because the wheels were covered with mud from last night. Act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in just a moment. Better schools mean better citizens, better neighbors, better families. But we can't expect our children to respond, to learn and grow, if we ourselves are indifferent to their school environment. CBS Radio urges that you write to Better Schools, 9 East 40th Street, New York 16, New York, for information about how citizens can spark community action to improve their schools. That address again is Better Schools, 9 East 40th Street, New York 16, New York. Now, Act Two of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar and the Big Scoop Matter. I tell you, I didn't leave this apartment last night. Your car says differently, Joan. Car. You had it washed today because it was all muddy. And the reason it was muddy was because you had it out in the rain last night. Look, Another I... thing. You told me you didn't know Art had gone to the lodge. You hadn't heard from him. But the switchboard operator told me you had a call from him yesterday. Now, why else would he call you except to tell you where he was going? Well, how about it, Joan? All right. Art did call me yesterday and told me he was going to Lake Watika. And how about last night? Yes. I went out, but not to Lake Watika. Art wouldn't give you a divorce. By killing him, you get your freedom and 100,000 bucks. I didn't kill Art. I didn't go up there last night. And where did you go? Might as well know. The reason I wanted a divorce from Art was because I'd found someone else. Oh? That's where I went for a few minutes last evening. Why did you lie about the phone call from Art yesterday? I don't know. I don't know. I was confused. I was... I was afraid it would look bad for me if it came out that I knew Art had gone up there. It doesn't look good for you this way, believe me. Oh, Johnny, I'm telling the truth. Who is this fellow you're interested in? I don't see why he Who is he? To... His name is Ted Nash. Will... will you have to talk to him? I sure will. And right now. But I was wrong about talking to Ted Nash right now. I called his apartment and got no answer. Item 9, $1.60, cab fare to police headquarters in the office of Detective Lieutenant Rostelli. 
You figure this guy Nash and Joan Wesley could have killed Art and used a gambling syndicate threat as a cover, huh? It's a possibility, Lieutenant. Well, I'll see what I can find out about Nash. How'd you do at Lake Watika? Two guests checked in the day of the killing. One, a man named Buckley. He left early this morning. Sheriff Tompkins has a bulletin out on him. Who else? A fellow named Cooper, who apparently likes to go places in the off-season. Nothing to tie him in particularly. Cooper? We had a rumble some time ago that a guy named Cooper was involved in that gambling syndicate. What? Trouble is, we got no proof. Hey, wait a minute. What's the matter? Art told me he'd put the name of the man he was after in a safe deposit box. If we could find the key to that box. How about Art's apartment? Let's take a look. So we looked, and we found the key, tucked away in a desk, but only a number on it. Nothing to tell where it was located. I gave it to Lieutenant Rostelli, and he promised to check every bank in town if necessary. While I went on back to Lake Watika to see if the man named Cooper at the inn was the same one Rostelli told me about. When I got there, after a frantic three-hour drive, I found him comfortably sitting by the fireplace. Well, uh, Mr. Dollar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Cooper, I want to get right to the point. You told me you came up here to enjoy the scenery. Yes, that's right. Why? The man who was killed last night, Art Wesley, he was trying to expose a national gambling syndicate. Oh, that's very interesting. So? So, I know a police detective in New York who thinks you're a member of that syndicate. Well, Mr. Dollar, that's a very serious charge. I presume you have proof. Well? Uh-huh. No proof. Well, in that case, I don't Mr. think there's Dollar, any... Mr. long-distance call for you. You can take it on that phone right beside you. Thanks, clerk. Johnny Dollar. Rostelli in New York, Johnny. Hi, Lieutenant. You locate that... Yeah, the safe deposit box. And in it, we found the name of the man Art Wesley was closing in on. It's Cooper. Thanks very right, much. So you... Well, Cooper, you want a proof? We've got it. Evidence that ties you in with the syndicate. Clerk! Well, now, this is ridiculous, Is it? Let me tell you the facts about this thing. Is is something the matter, Mr. Dollar? Get Sheriff Tompkins on the phone, Clerk. Tell him I've got Art Wesley's killer here. You mean Mr. Cooper? Oh, now, wait a minute. Now, look, Dollar. If you'd get your facts straight, you'd drop this silly notion of yours. What kind of facts, Cooper? What time was Wesley killed? Between 10.30 and 11 last night. But, Mr. Dollar... Mr. Wesley's place is some six miles from here. That's right. Why? Well, then Mr. Cooper couldn't have killed him. What do you mean? Last night, I took a drink to Mr. Cooper's cottage here at the inn. What time? Around 20 to 11, and I chatted with him for at least 15 minutes. Are you sure about that? Oh, quite sure. Well, Mr. Dollar, I'll buy you a drink sometime. Cooper strolled back to the bar with a satisfied smirk on his face. So the one man who had to be Art's killer couldn't have killed him. I called the clerk again and had him repeat his story in detail. If you recall, it rained heavily last night, Mr. Dollar. Yes, yes, I drove through it on my way up here. Well, I was making the rounds of the inn, checking windows, things like that, when the house phone rang. It was Mr. Cooper calling from his cottage. He wanted a drink. You say that was at 20 to 11? Uh, yes, I always jot down the time when I am called away from the desk. All right, go on, go on. Well, when I got to Mr. Cooper's cottage, he was sitting in the living room in front of the fire with a book. Yeah. We chatted a while, and then when I returned here to the desk, I jotted down the time again. 10.55. Well, that does it. What do you mean? 
Oh, it's a good 20-minute drive from here to Art Wesley's lodge. If he was killed between 10.30 and 11 and Cooper was here at that time, he he couldn't have done it. Well, I'm sorry, but facts are facts. And, uh, oh, excuse me. Lake Watika Inn. Uh, yes, just a moment. Sheriff Tompkins, Mr. Dollar. Oh, thanks. Hi, Sheriff. Thought you ought to know, son. Remember that man Buckley we were looking for? Yeah, sure, the other guest at the inn. Yeah, we picked him up. I've been questioning him for an hour. Any luck? No, sir. He's just a traveling salesman who stayed at the inn because he didn't want to drive in the rain. You sure? Buckley swears he doesn't even know Cooper. Just between you and me, Johnny, I think we got the wrong fella. No place again. I decided to start all over. Got into my car and drove to Art Wesley's place. Nothing was changed. I remember the trip I'd made the night he was killed, how it rained heavily until about half an hour before I arrived. How I'd found him lying in the open doorway, a bullet hole in his head. Yeah, and the hole in the ceiling over the shelf of provisions, marking the path of the bullet. It was there, so were the provisions. Canned food, mustard, sugar, package of crackers. There was some... Wait a minute. Sugar. The sugar bowl. I stared at it for a moment. I remembered a couple of things the room clerk at the inn had told me. And suddenly the whole deal slid neatly and quietly into place. I drove back to the inn fast. Cooper's cottage was empty, so I went inside to the bedroom and took a look around. Then I spotted one of the pictures on the wall, a little out of place. I looked behind it. Yeah, just what I expected. Outside, I found Cooper sitting on the terrace in front of the main building. I slid into a chair across from him. Well, Mr. Dollar, what fantastic crime are you going to accuse me of today? Cooper, I got a one-track mind, and it's still stuck on murder. Oh, now, look, Dollar, we've been over this before, and personally, I, I find it quite boring. So much so that it's interfering with my vacation here. That's too bad. Yes, it is. So I'm leaving this evening. I don't think so, Cooper. Oh, come now. That, Art Wesley no... was trying to expose a figure in a gambling syndicate. You. Well, that's a matter of conjecture. You had to stop him for keeps. Oh, now, look, Dollar. The time of Art Wesley's death has been established as between 10.30 and 11 last night. That's right, between 10.30 and 11 last night. And I'm sure you remember the room clerk telling you he was with me in my cottage living room from 10.40 to 10.55. I sure do. So that I certainly couldn't have killed your friend Wesley six miles from here during that time. Except that Art Wesley wasn't killed at his lodge. What are you talking about? You see, I remembered something else the clerk had told me. The night of the killing, it stopped raining a little after 11. All right, what difference does that make? All the difference in the world, believe me. Here's what really happened, Cooper. You killed Art Wesley in the bedroom of your cottage here at the inn. I don't mean to You immediately called the room clerk over and chatted with him in your living room for about 15 minutes. He didn't know there was a corpse in the next room. Oh, really? After he left, you took Wesley's body the six miles to his place and planted it in the doorway. Oh, now, look, Dollar... Your problem was to make it look like he'd been killed there. Then you remembered. The slug that had killed him hit the wall in your bedroom. That gave you an idea. You figured out the right angle at the lodge and fired a shot upwards from the outside the door. It went through the ceiling at the back. All right, Dollar, I've had enough of your half-baked theories with no proof whatsoever to back them up. Correction, Cooper, this time I've got proof. There was a shelf of food under the bullet hole and a bowl of sugar directly under it. A bowl of... So what? When sugar gets wet, it gets crusty and it stays that way. But the sugar in that bowl was dry. 
Now, if the killing was between 10.30 and 11, and it rained heavily until after 11, then some rain would have dropped through the bullet hole into the sugar. I see. But, Cooper, the sugar was dry. So the bullet hole was made after the time of the murder, when you planted Wesley's body there. Just a little detail, Cooper, but it nails you. That and, of course, the fact I found the slug that really killed Wesley just a couple of minutes ago. Oh. Buried in the wall of your bedroom behind a picture. You'd move slightly to cover it. Well, Dollar, I may as well tell you that I saw you come out of my cottage a few minutes ago. I figured you knew. So ever since you sat down here, I've been holding a gun on you under the table. You know, Cooper, I may as well tell you. Ever since I sat down here, I've been holding a gun on you, too. Let's have it. Well, you... You didn't have any gun. big-time gambler bluffed right out of the game. Cooper, you're slipping. Item 10, 3750. Transportation and incidentals back to Hartford. Expense account total $187.40. Remarks? Cooper's awaiting trial. About Art Wesley? Well, I guess that sugar bowl was a dead man's revenge. Come to think of it, that revenge was pretty sweet. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Our star will return in just a moment. In days long since gone by, one had to go out in search of Daring Do. But in a fast-moving world, exciting things are happening right around the clock. Things you can be in on no matter what else you're doing, as long as your radio is nearby. With CBS Newsmen on the job, you can make CBS Radio your listening post for world events. Stay tuned now for five minutes of CBS News to be followed over most of these same stations by the FBI in Peace and War. Now, here is our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, colorful New Orleans, from nightlife in the Latin Quarter to the dismal deadly swamps. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood. Written by Robert Reif, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in tonight's cast were Virginia Gregg, Russell Thorson, Barney Phillips, Stacey Harris, Larry Thor, Parley Bear, and Les Tremaine. Musical supervision is by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Dan Coverly speaking. The uh, music coordinator on that is Amerigo Marino. How'd you like to... That's got... That's a little... Amarino Marigo. Sounds like Carl Amari. It's all the same. <laughs> it does sound very Italian or very, you know. Uh, it's got a rhythm to it. <laughs> yeah, it does. Amarigo Marino. That was a Yours Truly Johnny Dollar episode, November 11th, 1956. Mike, what'd you think? That's your favorite series, Yours Absolutely. Truly Johnny Dollar. Yep. And my favorite actor, too, with, yeah. with that show. Bob Bailey. There's, uh, that's Bubble Bath over there. There you go. There's Bubble Bath talking. The Big Scoop Matter on Yours Truly Johnny Dollar. All right, Lisa, time for This Month in Music History. Here's another great tune. This one is from 1988. She's got a smile that it seems to me reminds me of 
I'm, I, of course, I've heard this song. I'm drawing a blank as to who it is. Um, is this? Um, this was the band's only number one. Oh, that's probably why. Not number one, but he has other. They have other um, things. Whoa, sweet child of mine. Right. This is by Guns and Roses. Oh, Guns and Roses. Right yeah. from their debut album, Appetite for Destruction. Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. Yeah. It's an end, like Guns and Roses. Nice. Right. Nice. Nice. Good. Good Very tune. Catchy. Very good tune. Of course, All right. Carl. Wow, we've been talking to wow listeners. Right. Boy, we have we got about twenty more people to call back. You're putting me to work here. I'm overworked. A dollar and a dollar an order. Overworked. Lisa. Well, you're gonna owe me at least a pizza <laughs> for this one. <laughs> uh yeah. Our uh, listeners are calling and taking advantage of this uh this limited time offer and we do appreciate you folks. Um number to call eight one five nine hundred seven five three five. If we don't get to you tonight, we will certainly call you back tomorrow. But we'll be uh, happy to to take your order for sixty classic radio shows for sixty bucks. I mean, wow! It's a deal. Yeah, it's, it's a deal. While it lasts, on thirty CD. Where could you buy thirty CDs? Not in this quality for two dollars a CD. That's all it is. Is you know because you get two shows on each CD. That's pretty high math there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, eight one five nine hundred seven five three five. We appreciate you helping me. Clean out the uh, the Vault. warehouse <laughs> with. Uh, I mean, I'm just sitting on unlistened to, unused CDs yes. for years, sitting on my shelves. Why not send it out to our listeners at my cost to manufacture? So that's what we're doing. Eight one five nine hundred seven five three five. Take advantage while supplies last. We'll be back with more Hollywood three sixty after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Oh, we're going to open the creaking door to Inner Sanctum, a good horror episode from 1952 in our next hour. We're also going to play Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous, the music edition. That's right. Songs about fathers and sons and daughters. Oh, how nice. I know. Wow, Lisa. Wow. Aw. That's all in our next <laughs> hour. Stick around. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great quick motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.